0: The Ordinary Mind Meditation Podcast presents Face-to-Face with Bodhi and Bass. I'm Mark Schengen-Gillinson, and in this series I host artists, philosophers, skeptics, and magicians in my hermitage for a chat about the human spirit, creativity, and the real pursuit of happiness. If you enjoyed this podcast, please support us by going to bodhibass.com forward slash support. That's B-O-D-H-I-B-A-S-S dot com forward slash support. Your generosity is deeply appreciated. Ami Tofo. This time I chatted with Avshalom Ariel. Avshalom is a composer, producer, guitarist, and all-round creative force. Most importantly, he's a dear friend of mine, of many years. Most recently, he's been known as the producer of Netta Barzilai, the 2018 Eurovision contest winner. He's truly a magnificently weird and creative person, and if you try to understand what genre he fits into, you'll at best end up wasting your time completely. And at worst, may end up in a straitjacket. Before diving into our conversation, here's a song which I actually participated in the clip of a few years back when I was producing Avshalom's rock opera, The Love Beach Girls' Choir. After that, we dive right in to my chat with Avshalom Ariel.
1: אני רוקק חזק ושר את הרמנון אז בואו אחריי ביחד
2: מנצח את הנאצים!
0: talking to of shalom i'll explain in the uh, introduction later who of shalom is yeah so please do
1: a good job i probably won't flattering stuff about me probably won't it's very important for me to be well presented (laughs) (laughs) okay
0: the main point is that um fittingly this is the first time i'm doing a podcast which is not uh me speaking into a microphone about directly about meditation buddhism philosophy or mindfulness or any of that stuff this is
1: the first time you have a guest
0: uh yes in fact it's the first time i have a guest oh my god and that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to just have a conversation i don't want to interview you because i don't care (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. uh what i want to ask you about is the weird way in which you entered into the world <laughs> of spiritual gurus and relationship, uh, <laughs> uh, like me, a year ago? A year ago? I don't know. Whenever that was, you know, the whole uh, episode with the yoga and the okay. gurus and all yeah. of that.
1: Okay, you know? that's um, that's very interesting. So, okay, so this is a, a actually a personal thing, but but uh, it's also exemplary like it it taught me a lot about myself this personal thing i think i've been contemplating issues related to spirituality my whole life but in a way that was not defined by spiritual terms off the top of my head it would be mindfulness yeah. or uh, even even the concept of meditation i think i was doing meditation long before I was doing, I, I, I knew what meditation was. How so? Okay, so the act of, of making music alone is um, because I'm, what I do for, for many, many years is I've, I've been composing music. Yes. Uh, which is, um, it's, it's different, I think, drastically than playing music. And it's different drastically also from creating music with other people.
0: Yes, but because most people are now imagining you sitting in a dark room with candlelight uh, near the piano and <laughs> writing something on papyrus.
1: Yeah, some t- it was never a piano because I hate pianos. <laughs> but uh but but it was uh, in a very very dark settings sometimes <laughs> and also candles were involved okay. in, in certain in certain situations. But am uh, um, I I'm imagining a satanic th- scene
0: whatever? Séance.
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I think it is very very lonely like you are you are completely alone sometimes isolated in a room for like 6 7 hours straight like i i started composing when i was i think 13 i just uh, walked in the street to grab something from the grocery store and something popped up in my head some mm-hmm. melody and then i i had to find some way to like record it or teach it to my friend that I was playing with. To bring it into the world. Yeah, exactly. So it's already this relationship between like what's going on in my head, like music that's running through my head, and then knowing somehow how to translate it into the real world. Yes. Um, So it happened already when I was 13, but more and more and more and more, when I um, started doing it more professionally, started like writing scores, for example, Mm. um, it became even more... Radical, this thing of like, I'm alone with my, with my head, with my brain. Like I, I, I need to be in, this, in a room. I don't have any, any instrument. I don't touch the piano or the guitar or the, com- or the computer. Uh, that, this is what I was doing it like for six years, this technique of composing. Oh, wow. Like I'm just alone with a paper and a pencil and I have something in my head and I need to translate it somehow to the page. What does it mean? that i i'm spending several hours every day with my imagination yes like i there is no there is no mediation there is nothing in the middle between my my imagination the the imagined re- uh, reality musical reality that I, i'm am ex- experiencing and um the result the only mediation is myself yes like i so I think when, when I started doing meditation a few years after I started composing mm-hmm. this way, I understood that it's, ac- it's actually very, very, very similar. But also, I started hating doing meditation <laughs> because I told myself, what, why do I need this if I have something that is almost completely the same, but it also involves something that I really care about, which is creating music? Yes. Uh, and I, I, begi- I began to feel um at a certain point that i actually need this practice it's not it was not only work it was not only a way to um realize music it's not only functional but it's actually a therapeutic thing like sure. sitting down and 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 writing music is also like it's simultaneously a practical thing and something that i need for if, in order for myself to feel good about myself and feel that i'm doing something with this uh, uh, um with with the mind yes um my my first encounter with real quote unquote uh, spirituality mm-hmm. was when i um started dating um a girl and she was extremely into yoga meditation zen buddhism uh, writings of um all kinds of Zen masters and quans and, um, you know, this whole world of writings and ways of thinking about spirituality opened up. And I actually had a... a, 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 And it's funny that you ask about this at the beginning because Mm. it's actually a conflict for me Mm. because uh, I, I hated yoga for a long time and I hated meditation for a long time and I even started to despise this whole... Conversation yes. about
3: spirituality because it felt to me like I'm I have this thing where I'm going
1: really 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 deep into my mind and it it didn't didn't need to have a title at any point it was just complete as it was because yeah. because it involved something that I care about and that inspires me and it also brings me closer to myself okay. so i didn't need any title and when when this whole conversation started about like the philosophy of yoga and the philosophy of the meditation and the the practice of yoga and the practice of meditation it felt to me so fo- like why do i need these tools mm. to reach deeper into myself yes um if if they are already available without the, the festival in the desert yes. that has like... But I'll tell
0: you something. It's because most people when you're talking about this they're imagining... You know there, how some people sort of rather than sit with their own mind they'll say things like oh running is my meditation oh uh, cycling is my meditation uh, or something. S- X is my meditation From experience is usually a way of legitimizing your not wanting to sit with your own mind and face it. Because that's an unpleasant thing to do. Right. Sitting and facing your own mind is unpleasant. But I think you're not talking about this, so I want you to explain a bit better what you mean. What happens to your self-referencing, to your sense of being of shalom as Mm -hmm. you're writing. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to understand.
3: Mm -hmm. Okay, there
1: are all kinds of scenarios. It's very, it's actually very rich, so one one kind of scenario that I can imagine is um, I let myself I close my eyes or not, it doesn't matter but I, I release some kind of like I'm right now I'm not in this room I'm here in in the head, yes. And uh, I let things float. Like I let things start coming to me. It can be images. It can be sounds. So you're sitting um, and
0: observing the content of your mind. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yes. And without uh, without without manipulating it in any way. You're just.
1: I let it happen. It's like I remember. I think it's very similar. I remember when I was really young, and I I had uh, uh, my first computer. Uh, and I, I remember, like, just going to the keyboard and start typing really, really, really spontaneously just what whatever comes up. Yes. And it becomes, on the one hand, it seems on the surface like nonsense. Mm-hmm. But when you read it afterwards, it's actually very, very interesting what comes out. Yes. It's very emotionally loaded. And, yeah. and it has all kinds of, like, it's very complex Um some, some sometimes it's uh, the 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 result has to do with like language and how language evolves and how like one word uh, brings another one mm. and sometimes it's very like it brings an insight into an inner psychology so it's very similar uh,
3: to composition like it can be a, an image that comes or a situation. And this situation can give birth to a sound mm-hmm. or even a s- human setting. Like yeah. I can imagine
1: a conversation. So this conversation is already like two people, two beings yes. having a dialogue. So this dialogue can be immediately translated to two sound sources. Yes. Um,
0: Okay, so and basically this... you're observing the content of your mind. Yeah. And the moment that you see something interesting there, you isolate it and turn it into uh, a musical. Uh, you interpret it musically.
1: Yeah, not even immediately. It can be like I I interpret it as a, some kind of guiding thing. Like yes. It, it can be like I, I understand from this image what is the instrumentation yes or how many people is it a big thing is it a small thing yeah is it is it soft is it loud what is the energy <laughs>
2: סביב, 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 סביב ומעליו מתנסה הר של כתביים ומעליהם בלי צבח מתנסה ראש כולו בצלנגל
0: Is there any other uh outs let's say outside structure that binds your music
1: what do you mean by outside structure uh
0: everyone always unless it's music that i think from previous conversations we both agree is stuff that you really can't listen to mm-hmm. usually music speaks some sort of language right mm-hmm. it has some sort of way of communicating between you, the person who created it, and the people who are then going to listen to it. Because if you ignore those people, then you know what happens. We all know very well what happens. So, what is it that gives your music a language? What turns it into a communicative
3: thing?
1: <laughs> it really depends. I think maybe it's, it's a question that doesn't relate very directly to the process of composition to the to the actual sitting down and composing because i think whenever i <clears throat> whenever i compose something and it can be a song it can be a pop song and it can be a composite like a um uh avant-garde experimental composition mm. i always think about context yeah i always imagine the context and i'm even it happened to me several times that i Put myself like I, I again, like close my eyes and I put myself in the hall where it's going to happen, or imagining like people opening this thing on YouTube and the moment of of the encounter. Hmm. Trying to put myself in the place of another person. You know, I had a dream. Can I can I tell you about a dream that I had? Please 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 tell me about your dream. Very relevant. I had a dream that I'm inventing a new format for a reality show. (laughs) 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 okay like and i don't even think that i was aware in the dream that it was a reality show only after i woke up i i realized that what i saw was actually like a television like a full-blown television format for a reality show singing singing reality show and uh in the reality show there is like the regular thing that like there is a singer singing on the stage in a hall and there is a crowd. This is not completely normal. Yes. But <laughs> then you cut to another place. In this case, it was for some strange reason it was a super farm, like a pharmacy. <laughs> a, you know, a big pharmacy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and in this uh, pharmacy you see the famous radio personality israeli radio personality you kutner you see him on like a chair which is like a game of thrones chair but like very industrial like a very very high chair and he's <laughs> strapped to the chair <laughs> it's a very strange thing he's strapped to the chair and there are electrodes connected to his hands and you can see, like, he's it's like a, a, like a futuristic yeah, thing yeah, where yeah, like, yeah. you have this guy connected to all kinds of devices and electrodes, and he's strapped. So it's clear that he's that they are measuring something. And then I realized in the dream that he's actually perceiving through the electrodes, he's like he's getting transmissions of the energy of the crowd. And this is like he's the judge of the reality show. So instead of they are in the hall listening to the performer like the judges yeah. instead of being in the hall they are getting energy information from the hall in like some kind of like very advanced technological uh, way and also another <laughs> scenario is after the singer leaves the stage or like seven eight ninjas like the, <laughs> like really fast 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 people like dressed in black they they enter the stage and they have like these devices where, like metal detectors, you know, like sticks that yes. uh, you know, you know, that, like, that beep when, yeah. when they, they detect metal. So they enter the stage and they start scanning like, the, sca- the stage with these sticks. And I, I, what I understood in the dream is that they are actually measuring leftover energy of the performer. like how much energy did he leave in <laughs> stage? the stage? the singer, the singer? So w- why is this related? Because. It's actually an alternative to thinking about, like, how does the music sound? How that, does the, yeah. the, the singer sing? You know, like, is, the, is his voice stable enough? Uh, does, he know, does he have a big range? Is the music, like, uh, danceable, not yes. danceable? I, I, I think I perceive music in a much more abstract way. Yes. That is, like, related more to the, the vibe that it leaves in the room. Yeah, much more than now I'm creating in this genre and now I'm creating in this genre I think the interesting thing that the, the really different thing about this medium of music is that it can communicate in completely different ways and when yeah. you feel a presence of when, when you um, hear a recording of a really 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 strong singer mm-hmm. that knows how to do this you feel their presence in the room of it's course. undeniable of course. So this is what I do when I start the composition. I try to imagine the context and virtually put myself in this context. Yes. And try to imagine what will be the most powerful, what will be the most evocative. Okay. It's a very, actually, it's, not, it's a very unpersonal thing for me, composition. It's not, <laughs> it's not about myself, yes. I feel. And this is what you asked earlier. Like yeah. How much am I myself when i composing? Yes. It's almost never. Okay. I, I'm almost never myself. I'm I'm trying to connect myself to this broad and amorphic thing called like society and culture. Yes. Uh, which is not it's not like strate- strategically working of to course, of course. satisfy the wants of the public or something and yes. to know what are the trends. No it's like to yeah, try to yeah you're a
0: well-known populist <laughs> <laughs> everything you I can you're... <laughs> be <laughs> I'll play a song at the beginning so people understand oh, why yeah, I'm bad. laughing oh god put
1: put the weirdest shit please <laughs> put the fucking weirdest shit <laughs> <laughs> can i curse in the podcast of or? course you can okay nice
0: <laughs> it's uh nobody is allowed to listen to this unless they're 18 you shouldn't even meditate if you're not 18 you should be <laughs> you should be doing drugs and yeah yeah exploring the world and
1: no it uh, uh, t- uh, Learning how to uh, do some plumbing work. Plumbing, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Learning how to be an adult.
0: <laughs> and then you can, yeah, meditate. meditate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait, so I'm starting to understand where the sort of feeling of sabotage comes into your work, Mm -hmm. but very often you play devil's advocate to your own stuff, which Mm -hmm. I always found very interesting. Mm -hmm. It seems you always do something, put a little something into each composition, each piece of music, each, each song, you always put something into it that takes... Well to my ears it sounds like there's always a rather beautiful moment with a piece of information that's meant to destroy the beautiful moment. Yeah yeah. yeah absolutely. Yeah. I don't understand why you do that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Let me I I think I I've been thinking about it so much that it's very easy for me to explain. Okay. Um It's very very hard and I think like you come from from Uh, way of discussing music you can say this is beautiful yes this is a beautiful like chord or this is a beautiful i don't know if you'd say a beautiful
0: chord yeah 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 yeah. i usually discuss the beauty of the herd product i wouldn't say that something theoretical can be beautiful it's what maybe maybe, Ah, uh, I, i mean the thing that comes out yeah, yeah, then you can say about it that it's. But I do think I don't think these are absolutes because I think there's always weird people. Mm-hmm. But I think always that mainly most people would agree that there are things that are more aesthetically pleasing and things that are less aesthetically pleasing. Yeah.
1: So I think like I'm a person who doesn't like uh, like nice nice views, for example, like like uh, <laughs> mountains. Like I'm very bored <laughs> when, when when you do trips like you know in Italy and you go to the mountains or in, you know uh, in Austria, it always seems to me uh, rather boring <laughs> and 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 also like I immediately when when I uh, experience a nice view. I always immediately have the, the the strong urge to go and make music or something. You know, yeah. like it's it feels to me like the opposite yeah. of creativity. Like, really? Yeah, yeah. Why? Because, um,
3: I think I think I'm really really interested in uh, art in the context of
1: a culture. Yeah. So I think that art that really tries to mimic nature, for example is i i don't think it's just uninteresting to me i i it's a pers- it's a completely personal thing like it's uninteresting to me to
3: hear a really really beautiful sound okay it's it's uninteresting because why when i get over the immediate pleasure which is really really quickly yeah um
1: and the pleasure it rises uh when it's newer, like if it's a, a sound, a beautiful sound that I'd never heard before, okay, I can sustain my pleasure for 10 seconds.
0: Oh, wow. So and the novelty, the fact that something is new, brings you more satisfaction than...
1: In this context. In this context, because I can okay. repeat, I can... In this context of something beautiful, yes, there are songs that I can, you know, I, I obsess, I I follow the Billboard, the 100, the top 100 songs. (laughs) And I sometimes, you know, there is a really recommended to the viewers, like a song called Drip Too Hard by Lil Lil Baby and Ghana. Like two really, really new rappers, younger than me, actually. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And they do trap. And it's really, it's like very, very ugly music. Very, (laughs) like they're not singing in time and it's... Completely, <laughs> it's mixed really bad. But I listen to it nonstop because I'm fascinated. Like I find myself really obsessing about how did how did they manage to do it? Like this is it's this was like maybe the, the number five in yeah. the top one hundred. It sounds like a shitty like bedroom <laughs> recording. You know, it's unbelievable to me. And I obsess. I obsess not only because it's interesting that they put it out, but also because. On the third hearing listening I I started I start noticing things that are li- like wow I would <laughs> never do this like this is completely like almost like hearing like the music of of uh, um the music of uh, uh, Balkan uh, uh, you know uh, farmers from the 20s you know it's <laughs> like there is something completely foreign yes. like unrelated to so I'm really interested in this stuff and not in beauty, why? Because, um, because to to me, this is really like the the, the true power of music is creating uh, some kind of friction between something familiar and something foreign. Like you have to have in order to enjoy music, you have to have something familiar in it. Yes, you have to uh, sympathize with the music. Like say, okay, I know this. This is the style I've listened to a thousand times. Yes, yes it's, give me more of that. Yeah, but combined with that something which is um breaking the pattern oh, yeah. or or uh, putting some kind of friction to that familiarity uh why does it work is a question that i i don't have a definite answer answer to i just know it's a very 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 strong pleasure like mm-hmm. it's like um I, and i see it i see it uh, in in the micro and in the macro both in the micro and macro it's as strong like it can be in a small detail in the melody that is slightly different than what you would ex- expect yes. and that creates pleasure pleasure and it can be in the whole thing like a disco song that has uh, all the time interruptions of arabic music yes you know so th- so this is it's a very banal what i just said but still it's very, very, very
2: strong. There we go, and we don't want from
0: Actually, a concept that runs all through, I think, medieval, I'm not sure, but I know that Renaissance music Mm -hmm. is filled with this and, like, it goes also into Baroque, I think, aesthetic. And there's this idea, uh, and I can't remember who coined it, of varietas, of variety, Mm -hmm. uh, where people would compose inside a certain structure, inside a certain language, and then would search for ways to create just enough variety to please the heart as they would mm. say you know yeah, yeah but i mean but it's like but different. it's it's very different the also the outcome of this yeah. is very very different yeah. than what happens when you have this concept in your head
1: i think um i i was i ob- i was obsessed with variety and mm. with the like i even uh, personally like i remember i wanted to know all the types of people <laughs> <laughs> you know i when actually when i was like 13 I, I the idea that i would die without knowing all the types of people <laughs> like all the weirdos that are in the world and also the really really normal and regular yeah. people like it it devastated me like <laughs> i thought that it has to happen i have to know all the kinds of people and also it's also uh, found its way into the into the music. That I became a very very multi genre person, yes. and like I I did jazz and rock and pop and and classical music yeah. and in in inside each world all the sub genres and all <laughs> the mixes I could get. But at a po- at a certain point, I understood that it's not. This is not the really powerful thing. This is kind of a game. Yes, of like how many costumes can I wear? How yeah. many people, how many different characters can I play? Mm. It's
3: nice, but it's a more of a facade thing. And I think the deeper truth is touching something strong in the culture. It can be like a musical trope or a cliche
1: or a, you know, some something very, very um, defining for a genre. Yes, Like some, some kind of Musical symbol mm-hmm. and penetrating it. Mm. and I, I, think, I think this is this is the real um, struggle every time. and I have to tell you that I don't think I'm alone in this. I think everyone who creates every talented pop producer who yes. creates a new song has exactly this this struggle. If you notice all the pop songs that stayed relevant. From the beginning of the two thousands, are really really weird shit. Give me an example. My milkshake brings all the oh boys yeah, in yeah, the yeah. yard, and they're like, it <laughs> the van right? milkshake by Kelis. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a really, it's fucking weird. Yes, like, like you know, like you listen to this music and it doesn't sound like a song. On the like, first of all, it just doesn't sound like a song. It's true. It's not like. It, has, it, doesn't have <laughs> it doesn't have a melody. It doesn't have a melody. In but it's also not rap. Yeah. So, especially in pop, even more so than in the artistic uh, circles, you know. Yes. even more in pop, you have to break some kind of uh, pattern yeah. in order to, yeah, yeah, in order yeah, yeah, to stand yeah, yeah.
0: out. So, in this context, uh, how did the chicken, the now iconic chicken from the Eurovision, <laughs> Eurovision happen?
1: No one can do it besides Netta. So uh so what happened is like um okay there was a committee a national committee that has to had to choose the song yeah. that will represent Israel, yeah. the Eurovision. And uh we uh, we means uh, uh Neta and me. Yes. We submitted our original song mm-hmm. and
0: Coming soon the, to y- theaters nearby. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh. It's very different now, but it will be released uh, very soon. Very nice. And, um, and Doron Madali and Stuffbegger, they, uh, put, uh, they submitted their song. Yes. Which was Toy. Yeah. And, um, we had a very, very hard time with Toy. Um, because we had a very good idea. Like, I, w- I was working with Neta. Two years before that, almost. Um, and we had a very good idea of what we want to do musically. And it was sort of almost like a slap in the face. Like, uh, yeah. you know, suddenly there it's very, very different than what we thought. It was much more uh, populistic, much more, you know, um, like... Uh, normal. Trashy. And, no, and musically also much more normal. Yeah. So it was a hard, it was a hard, hard, hard time because... Uh, you know, it was a crisis. We considered not doing it. We, we all kinds of ideas were yeah. thrown into the air. But eventually, it, it, eventually, it was clear that we have to do. Yeah. Because. Fuck. Of course. Yeah, hey, Eurovision. You yeah, like, yeah, You go. Yeah. You, you. People tell you to go. This is the, this is the whole thing when when discussing about the politics of Eurovision in Israel. Mm-hmm. Like no one can and no one can imagine the moment where someone tells you, okay, you are going out to Eurovision. Like when someone tells you that, I don't care how artistic and sophisticated <laughs> are you you are going yes, of there course. is no chance, of course to resist so um so then the committee chose toy, yes, it was a fact. We had to work with toy, yes, and we told ourselves um. Okay, now this is the time we were discussing now uh, we can just let the song be or we can try somehow heroically in uh, <laughs> weird ways to try to make it more our own. Yeah. And um and we decided that the second option the second option is the right one. Yes. And then we just entered the studio and we started um going through the song and saying what we want to do something different with yeah one of the first things was um it was originally uh, not a chicken it was a, it was bada bada boom boom boy bada boom something much more like banal yes uh, also intentionally banal but but we we thought that we can do something more interesting with it, so I told Netta let's do some kind of like maybe strange sounds mm-hmm. um instead of this more like flat thing, yeah, so she started improvising, and netta um is a, is a machine of creativity, she's mm-hmm. not a creative person, she's a machine of creativity, mm-hmm. so uh she can just. Improvise for hours and hours and hours and constantly new ideas that are amazing Mm -hmm. emerge from her. Um, And in this case, it was just, okay, let's improvise and let's see what sounds cool. So after maybe one hour of trying new stuff, something sounded cool we didn't think it's a chicken we didn't know you know anything about like how to explain it was just it, okay this sounds cool yeah. it has a groove yeah it has a flow to it and it it feels good inside the song yeah so we decided to to use it but then immediately after that everyone who heard the song like what the fuck is this chicken yeah. the, the the clacking of the chicken and you know <laughs> and people started doing these movements yeah. with the with the hand and it was so strange how um <laughs> your weird game
0: turned into the icon of the song yeah that and turned and into the hook it,
1: it, and and it's it's funny how um, like virality and cult yeah stuff uh are unintentional yes like, and unintentional in in all ways because we didn't we probably wouldn't have done it if we had a, like a blank page and just yes. write a song from scratch, we probably would do something completely different. And inside this context, we just like, there was a phrase and we said, let's do something different mm-hmm. and we found this randomly. Yes. So um, it was a very, this whole song, it was a very, very interesting lesson on collaboration because I as much as it was hard back then, it's uh, amazing. Now it hit today. It hit 100 million views. No way on the Eurovision channel. That's crazy. 100 million. Really crazy. That says something, you know. I, I I would like to to be the smart person that says like I, I knew it. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't like it from the beginning, but it's no. But um, I I think the song has a real, real, really strong power. Yeah. To it. Um and it brings something out of Neta which is which was really mean, w- meaningful to people. That's yes. the main thing. You know, you see people going crazy because it touched them. You know, it's a it's a. And it's you a never light, know exactly what it is. It's a light, dance song yeah. eventually, but it's like, it's like very playful and funny and nice. Yeah. But it
3: touched people.
1: Yeah. You never know exactly why. It's always. It's
0: a surprise, no? It can be different elements. Yeah. And and it's it's a it's, a, it's the personality, it's the atmosphere in a certain moment. Yeah. It's what the song comes to represent. Of course, a mo- sometimes
1: a, mo- a, mo- a moment in time, which is really important. Yes, like probably wouldn't ne- would not work ten years ago.
0: Definitely would not work.
1: And maybe three years from now. Yeah, you don't work.
0: know. I hope it still works three years from now because yeah. We seem to be going in a positive direction. I mean, uh, right. We but, don't want to
1: right, but in the year of
3: um, in the year where all the Me Too stories started to spread, yeah, it's uh,
1: it's a stroke of genius to do a Me Too song when nobody wanted to do a Me Too, Me Too song. Yes, and also to do a happy Me Too song, which is not like that's um, weird, no, miserable. How weird is that? That it's a happy. It's Me It's only. Song. It's something
0: about Israeli pop music that allows itself to do these absolutely monstrous things where (laughs) no other country would ever... I mean, this can't come from American culture. (laughs) I mean, in America, you will find the few heroes who will do sort of like the racism song. But I mean, racism isn't new. These things don't fly in every culture. And in Israel, you can take something like... A touchy subject like this, because the political correctness isn't really there. Right, right, right. right. We all we pretend to be sort of a p- politically correct society here. Yeah. We, we, but we really aren't. Nobody really is, because nobody really knows the rules. Yeah.
1: And uh, definitely in Israel, you can say more things that you can say in the United States. Yes. I, I just the interesting thing is, not a lot of people take advantage of it.
3: Yes. Like it's a,
1: it's very um
3: you know uh it, it, to do songs that are political it's
1: it's a very elusive thing mm. because because um you have to make it work as a pop song it has to work first of all as a song that you want to to listen to yes. that you're addicted to but then you also have a message or something to say and i think it it takes a lot of um Musical and lyrical talent. Yes, to take on this mission, and I have to be honest, it's like I don't think I don't have think I have equal talent in these fronts. Okay, like of political awareness yes. and music and just writing text to do this kind of thing. Even yes. though I would like, I I would like to imagine that it, that. Um, if i have a loud enough speaker i would want to speak truth with yes. the speaker uh but uh, sometimes it's um it just feels forced yeah and then you are missing the point
0: I want to end this
3: by asking you, what does it mean to be happy in life? Hmm. Definitely for me, happiness has to do with this quality of seeing
1: the th- same things with fresh eyes. Mm. Um, like, living, I, I think, I think um, one of the reasons I'm fairly happy. I'm not the happiest person but I'm I I like I come back to happiness each mm. and every time rather than coming back to depression mm. um because I enjoy my day to day and I keep getting excited from very very small things like my apartment mm. um the food I eat the people I'm with the music that I make um Each time that I see that something gets me bored, if it's a job or uh, a person or something about my environment, I really reject it quickly. I think that I have to provide myself constantly with things that I know that will be exciting again and again and again as as a routine and not as like each time have a new friend or a new hobby or a new like musical genre. Uh, It's 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 only things that are um, meaningful enough Mm -hmm. to to still have an emotional resonance after a long time. Yes. Part of my happiness. um, Part of I know that something is going to be one of the things that going to make that are going to make me happy when it works as a routine, when it works every day, when every day I I can discover something new Mm. in, in this thing. And. Looking with fresh
0: eyes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And on the other hand,
3: there are some things that are given. Family is a given. Um, My body is a given. And then I have to practice. Yeah. Like, not thinking that things are unchangeable and
1: not getting into a place where I'm Spending time being disappointed Mm -hmm. or judging and spending my time finding the exact thing in each person and and the the, the very specific details in each person and each element in my life that I know I can get freshness from and get newness from. Yeah, There is a,
0: a famous master, Foyan became famous later when he was studying he had a meeting with a master called Titzeng and they meet and Titzeng asks Foyan where are you going and Foyan says I'm going to go wander and Titzeng asks him where are you going to go wander and he says I don't know and then Tseng says not knowing is most intimate <laughs> yeah so I uh, agree yeah that feeling of freshness keeping that alive i like that thank you brother
1: amazing i love you mark good luck with the podcast please oh yeah and uh <laughs> i think um i will take this opportunity to say it's a very to me it means a lot that you decided to speak and you decided to to be there and be yourself, and speak about the things that are interesting to you and things that you are passionate about. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, it's one of the most relevant things to do today. I really society. appreciate that, and uh, and I hope more people will go will go in your, in your footsteps, and we will have many, many, many people not ashamed to be there and speak, yes. and and um, and also not afraid to speak about nuance and complexity and and things that are maybe even too too stratified for for the internet oh, yeah. format you know oh yeah uh, and to make the make the format make the internet richer make the make this place a place where you can discuss
0: make the internet great again
1: oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i'm raising my uh, my <laughs> my hand in a uh, in protest <laughs>
0: all right all right yes thank you brother If you enjoyed this podcast, please support us by going to bodibasecom forward slash support. That's B-O-D-H-I. B-A-S-S com forward slash support. Your generosity is deeply appreciated. Ami